this is Lynn and Milo coming to you with part two of our episode of Yoga and Trauma uh, because we just had too much good stuff that we talked about the first time. Uh, so we're going to talk, uh, this time we left off our first episode um, getting into coping mechanisms and regulating resources. And I'm actually giving up a lot of control, which is very scary to me because it's control is a coping mechanism Absolutely. of mine. Absolutely. <laughs> and I have no questions prepared. This is all my have said, just let me take it from here and we'll be good. You will <laughs> so be. I'm a little scared. Oh, no. We'll be good. Uh, but it's going to be great. So we're going to pick up where we left off. Um, and if you haven't listened to the first episode, go back and listen to that because some of this will make much more sense. And we talked about... Uh, we went through a lot of what Milo is trained in. Um, we talked about the central nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system, um, sympathetic nervous system. We talked about trauma, what it does to your body. Polyvagal theory. Mm -hmm. We talked about... Um, Bottom up and top down. Yeah, how we address things um, instead of just talking about our feelings because you can't actually process emotions cognitively right um at least not you can't completely yeah. right you can't think it away that you have to feel it um that's the top down versus bottom up and that was pretty much where we ended um going into coping mechanisms and regulating resources mm -hmm. um so why don't we start with that and kind of defining um what, what those are yeah okay so coping strategies are anything that helps us stop feeling perpetual pain mm. and it's not just don't think about it as just pain but it's it's avoiding like when we got into our core wounds if I don't feel worthy if I don't feel good enough I'm constantly trying to cover that up okay so there's the basic ones that we all know which are like eating drinking drugs mm -hmm. sex porn excessive exercise shopping numbing out to TV social media scrolling but what I want to get into is one that's a little more complicated called masking, mm. which is masks. And it deals directly with those core wounds. It's the masks that we wear out in the world to cover up and hide how we really feel. Kind of like what we want the world to see yes. us as versus what we really are. We're covering up. Yeah, we're hiding. Mm. If I feel flawed, and this is, a, this is an example of me, so because... I have felt broken and not enough. One of my masks was if I look pretty, so if I always look a certain way, then that's going to make up for and hide this other thing that I don't want anyone to see because if they really saw it, they wouldn't love me, they wouldn't stay, they wouldn't be here. But if I put up this mask of the pretty person, then that's how I've known value you know, in the world. That's how people have kept me around. Yeah. So it also is our dysfunction. Right, right, right. Yeah, so right. Uh, being a beast, like I, people all the time call me a beast, being muscular, um, being athletic, uh, I want people to see that and it makes me intimidating. And, right. And uh, that's a defense mechanism as well. Absolutely. Um, but that's the way that I cope is performance because I felt like a lot of the messages that I received as a person – yeah. <laughs> we'll keep this uh, not scandalous. Uh, it might get scandalous. As a, as a person, uh, was that um, I, if I performed well, right. then that was what made me worthy is, of yeah. love. Exactly. And, and it also brings up a lot of our attachment 
early attachment, how did we receive love? Yeah. How did we receive affection? And those are the masks that we started to wear all the time because that's how we were functioning in the world and that's how we received what we needed, which is not actually what we needed, but we don't know that yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that trauma comes later. <laughs> but, but it can be, it can be that you're perfect. Like everything you just said, it can be perfectionist. It can be controlling. It can be intimidating. And mine was also alcohol too. And didn't realize that was what I was doing, right. the coping mechanism of alcohol to numb feelings of this isn't right. Right. Where I, where I am, the relationships that I am in aren't right. And there was also some sexual assault trauma, too, that, was, that I was burying deep, deep, deep down inside. Deep, deep right. down inside. And so when I got, I think I mentioned this a little bit on the last, uh, on the first episode is when I got sober, all those feelings came flooding in and mm-hmm. I didn't know how to cope with them. And then coping mechanisms, there's a, like a, they serve us for a Absolutely. Short of time. And we need them. You can't, and in fact, we don't ever want to rip the coping mechanisms away. Never. We want to start slowly replacing them with the regulating resources. Mm-hmm. And if you can't use, if you try your regulating resources and they don't work, then you're going to go back to a coping mechanism. Because until you have the tools to deal with what you need to, which is that old trauma that's buried away, or even current big emotions that come, you're not safe to deal with those big emotions yet. You don't have the tools. So you need the coping mechanisms, and that's why you're using them. Yeah, and sometimes it's not appropriate to deal with your feelings in certain situations. (laughs) But you'll notice, too, and I know that, that this is the way with you, when you start doing the inner work and say you don't, you know, we don't have a roadmap and so we're just kind of grasping, but we're getting healthier just by doing yoga on a regular basis. You started getting healthier. I started mm-hmm. getting healthier, started eating healthier, just started noticing different things. But without that roadmap, we get to a point where like you quit drinking, you know, you put something else in its place. You're all of those coping mechanisms are sort of upgrading when you begin really on the inner work journey. And so where before it could have been drugs and drinking, now it is excessive exercise, right. which is not harmful to us, but it is harmful in the way that we are avoiding dealing with what we really need to deal with. And it can get to be harmful in a, a physical way. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But you got to think about it like anything that, so a coping strategy is anything that is numbing or avoiding feeling what's really underneath so if you're wearing the mask of the overachiever and it could be even in education you know i was taking all these trainings back to back reading all of these books never quit reading it because i thought oh i'm going to find the answer and this is what's going to heal me so i'll just trying to think it away yes and, and, and putting something right after the other right after the other but i'm still avoiding i'm still not dealing with what i really felt like inside and because i didn't have the tools yet mm-hmm. so that's what so we want to get, get into, into the yeah, tools. Let's get into the tools, <laughs> those regulating resources. Okay, so, and these are just practices that uh, you want to slowly replace with the other because the regulating resource, it makes things different in the way of it supports us, it regulates our nervous system, it makes us feel internally safe, mm-hmm. meaning we can process emotions, we can do all of that, and it keeps us present in the present moment. And you'd have to be in a, in a ventral state as well to, to feel all of these things, yeah. which means our nervous system is regulated. So these are the resources that actually bring about the change that we want. And 
some of these aren't going to make a lot of sense, so I'll briefly explain. But there, Dan Siegel has one that's called Sifting. Have you ever heard of Sifting? Mm-mm, no. Well, and briefly, it is sensation, images, feeling, thoughts. So it's a little system that kind of walks you well, through. Well, acronym, okay. Yeah. We'll get into it in my class. <laughs> First plug for Milo series. Exactly. <laughs> we don't have time for all of them now. <laughs> That'll be episode three. Exactly. <laughs> and so there's also orienting, orienting, which means just to our current surroundings. So mm-hmm. we bring us back to present moment, using our sensations to, you know, what are the colors, what are the smells. My therapist uses that with me because yeah. I have a tendency to disassociate. Exactly. And yep. go to the past <laughs> or the future. Yep. And ruminate mm-hmm. over the thoughts. And this brings you back. She tells me I need to notice notice what I'm notice what I'm doing, notice the colors of things, notice the temperature, notice the smell, the feel. Smell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All five senses. If you can bring in the five senses then you're more likely to come into present. But I mean I've been so disassociated that it didn't even matter. I was still numb to I could tell you that, but I was still numb. Yeah. I, I was still disassociated. So, I mean, it takes you figuring out what works for you. And the big buzzword around that is mindfulness. But I don't think people understand what mindfulness is allowing you to do. Is it's one of these regulating resources right. in mindfulness. And it, Yeah, and it's coupled in in a way that bringing us into a certain state where, again, we're present. Okay. Present, too. Right. So then there's, there's a sound called voo that you make. Yeah. <laughs> it, it directly stimulates vagus nerve. It's ah. yeah, the sound itself, and so that actually that one works in. There there are ones that work in different states. If you are in a sympathetic state, which just means you're high, strong, and worried, mm-hmm. there's different ones that work as opposed to being in a dorsal state where you're lethargic and you know. So think about if you need one if, when you're feeling depressed, it's kind of gonna kind of get you to moving. You're going from slow to a little bit more movement, a okay. little bit more. And if you're high, high, strong, moving, 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 you're needing to slow down. Yeah. And so VU is actually one of the ones that works in either state. It, it, it's a really it's a really good one. And then controlled breathing, EMDR, tapping, any bilateral stimulation. I mean, you could do bird dog. That's going to engage right brain, left brain in a different both way. Both sides at the same time. Yeah. So bilateral meaning both sides. We, yeah. Right. I mean, you could go walking. I mean, when you're using right, left, mm-hmm. brain, scent, yeah. Which Engaging them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Engaging in them in a different way than the rut they're in. Well, and you know, it's so funny, too, because people, a lot of times when people begin yoga, um, when we talked about this in yoga teacher training, um, and we'll tell them exactly what to do with what body part, but because sometimes people are so disassociated from their bodies or mm-hmm. unaware of what their bodies are doing in space when you ask them to do something bilaterally it confuses the it shit does. out of them oh, if i'm in a bad enough state it will still confuse me you know it will mm-hmm. i'll still like even like emdr type stuff looking right to left if i'm in a bad enough state it's hard to keep my eyes on one side mm-hmm. or the other when I'm doing it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, when you're, yeah, depending on what state you're in, that is really hard. And EMDR, uh, just for you guys who don't know that acronym, yeah. is eye movement. Mm-hmm. What's the DR? <laughs> Directional. I really don't know. <laughs> it has to do with your eyes. But it, no, it, it is bilateral stimulation. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah, it's going, yeah. 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 And engaging. And that's really, it's actually a, a really powerful one. There's, there's eye yoga dedicated just to that. Uh, eye yoga? Yes. It's in my classes, yes. <laughs> plug number two for my <laughs> <laughs> I forget what I'm supposed to be plugging. Well, you're, right. no, no, you're doing your 
bring it naturally. But that, oh, and you know, this is why I get upset when people do things like, I don't want to say goat yoga, but. Like what? <laughs> when they do goat yoga. And oh, just say right. it's yoga. Right, right, and I'm right. like, don't, please don't put that. No, no it's aggravate any too gimmicky. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. On this, this method because yoga is intended to help us feel our feelings through our bodies like as we to bring us in the into the felt sensation yeah the bottom up versus top down because none of this brings have you talked about thinking no other than just saying what color is that and actually now that you brought that up that's a good point because we can't even use the parts of our brain that that are that executive functioning we can't even use that in the way that we want to to actually change unsupported thoughts until we are regulated so until we have these tools on board and our nervous system is regulated, we're able to process our emotions, you're just sitting around in dysfunctional thoughts. They're not mm-hmm. going to serve you. So until you get these tools in place and you're actually using them, you can't get to you the place. Think, think it away. Well, and you can't you're not your thoughts aren't going to serve you because you don't you're not regulated. You're not you're in the wrong states. Mm-hmm. Remember when we talked about polyvagal theory. So if you're in the sympathetic or you're in the dor- dorsal you're spinning in a loop thought of negativity mm-hmm. either way. 100%. So if, until you get to ventral, you can't you can't trust those thoughts. You can't access your intuition. You know, so I mean, people are confused. And I was confused before, like, what's my, is this my intuition saying this? Really, it was my past trauma, mm-hmm. you know, telling me uh, whatever it was. He's cheating on you or he's doing this or that. That was my past trauma telling me that. It wasn't my intuition. It was true, though. (laughs) 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 So there's that. But well, we'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about toxic masculinity, but from an aspect of, like, how do we heal the masculine and the feminine. But right, right, right. later. Uh, (laughs) But you can't access your real intuition or make a, a, a plan for your future, your purpose. You can't access any of that stuff until these tools are on board and you are regulated. So you're processing your emotions and you don't have that unresolved trauma and all these emotions that you're burying down because those are driving all of your behaviors now. You're wearing your masks. Yeah. You're wearing your masks. And a lot of these are really simple tools. Like yeah. that they don't have to be overly complicated or they don't have to be overly dramatic. Although sometimes healing can be dramatic, but I think that's what a lot of people, we talked about healing your feelings as a practice. Right, right. That it doesn't have to be screaming and crying and sobbing and... Before we get back to the good talk, before we we (laughs) jump to that one, there the other ones that like you could do right now on your own when you it's feel control. <laughs> it's the control kicking. No, in it was mind. right though. It was right. It was, I just need to throw one little thing okay. in, and then we're there. The ones you can do right now on your own though that are regulating resources are dancing. You can also mm. shake. Yeah. You can walk in nature, be in nature. Supportive self touch. If you have it for yourself, you can have co-regulatory, supportive yeah. touch. Milo and Marco regulators. <laughs> yes. Being with your animals. And and also one that it is a little bit confusing is you can do it with characters on TV. So if you watch a show oh. and you connect with one of those characters, say you don't, you, in really traumatic cir- circumstances, it's hard to connect with other human beings. So mm-hmm. then it comes down to pets or you can connect with people that are in series. So if you really connect with 
a show and that character, watching that brings up the same feelings as connection. And that is different than mm-hmm. numbing out to Netflix. Ah. You're connecting with her feelings, how she feels, what she's doing, and that's another way that you can co-regulate. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So if, if you find yourself, wa- like I used to love New Girl, I mean, if you find yourself watching one of those shows, just notice how involved you get and how connected you are, and that is a source of co-regulation. Okay, now. <laughs> to, and, and this is the thing with processing your emotions or feeling your feelings, the practice of that. There are, there are these sustainable, integrated practices that we have to have going on so that we are essentially programming our body to be safe and we're giving it the information you know that is going to make it safe i didn't know what any of these were and that's why i'm saying like i now have put it in order of okay oh i've got to have these practices one of them being processing your emotions along with these other ones regulating your nervous system uh, sitting with yourself Mm -hmm. You know, so that you can, in a compassionate way, so you can access your real needs. These practices make your body safe because you can't, we have to show and not tell. And that's the difference in bottom up, top down. If we show our body 80%, remember, is the highway that goes to. If we show, our body believes it and it knows, Mm -hmm. okay, we're safe. We're breathing this way. We're moving this way. This is safe. So when we have these um, routines on board, then we can actually get to the place where we're processing our emotions as they come up. Also, dipping our toe in that unresolved trauma just a little bit at a time. At a time, because it doesn't it doesn't always have to be. Now it can sometimes be dramatic, crying, breaking down, sobbing, screaming, whatever. But I think a lot of the disservice that has been done to feeling your feelings is that people, and most particularly men, and this is where the term toxic masculinity has come up, um, which I kind of hate how it's been now used as a weapon against men because it's really um, unfortunate that it's their coping mechanism. That the, yeah. yeah, that their coping mechanism is is numbing, numbing out, and walling up. Been told that they shouldn't feel their feelings because it's more of a feminine trait versus a masculine trait when we all have them. Absolutely. And they don't have to be, feeling your feelings doesn't have to be this dramatic crying, breaking down, sobbing thing, but it can just be a practice of some simple tools to allow yourself to feel so that you can connect better, so that you can be authentic, so that you don't have to then fall into these patterns of toxic masculinity, which is machismo, misogynist, um, stereotypical having things. their walls up where they're not sharing their real selves with anyone because they've been told that's what masculinity looks like right. or have been given the message you know suck it up don't cry and be a man exactly kind of and the and the, the bad thing or not I mean just the way that it is when you are not feeling when you're pushing aside and you're not feeling the bad feelings and, and let me just say there are no bad feelings they're all feelings. yeah there's different yeah they're all the feelings are the same we need the good we need the bad we need all of them there's not any bad ones but we term it like that so the yeah you're right the painful feelings if you're not feeling those and you're numbing out to them you're also numbing out to the good Mm -hmm. so when you can't feel (gasps) when you're choosing to not feel and you're choosing to avoid for good reason for good reason you don't have the tools yet to, to process those big emotions 
you're also limiting the good feelings that you can have. So this makes a whole lot more sense now that I'm sober. That yes, I had to deal with like the onslaught and the flood of of ne- well, we'll say painful because so we don't say bad and make it a negative and it's, thing. We're going to say it, but of we the know. painful <laughs> feelings. But then now that I'm on this other side, two years sober, mm-hmm. divorced, um, I like I. I have often said this, I can't believe how happy I am. Right. Because if I was numbing the bad right. or painful, I was numbing the good. Fuck. <laughs> Until you were walking around like a robot not feeling yeah. anything. And was just performing. That's all you're, yeah, and you're playing a part. Performing, playing a, playing part. a part, seeking validation. Performing for love. <laughs> performing for your value. Well, I'm valuable. Look at me. I have all these things. I'm valuable. And that's a lot of times what both men and women are told these messages in society that this is what masculine looks like. This is what feminine looks like. And if you play these parts and if you perform and you just push down the other things that you feel, then you'll get everything that you ever wanted. You'll have a beautiful wife or a, you know, a financially secure husband and the things that we're told are you're supposed to value in a relationship instead right. of authentic, deep, connection where you can be vulnerable and and you can be your authentic self and that's the thing you can have all of those things and then you're going to wake up and go oh i'm miserable <laughs> I'm, I'm miserable yeah i mean i, I think we've, i've done that i've done that exact thing where you wake up and you go but i have what everyone said i was supposed to have and i don't feel good mm-hmm. I, I feel more miserable than ever because i was wearing my mask i wasn't being my authentic self I wasn't feeling my emotions, so I was numbed out in my capacity as well. I, and, I, and I wasn't safe. How I thought I was safe in the world by being the pretty one so they couldn't see my brokenness, mm-hmm. that's, not a, that's not a real safety. That's not a real value. And so all of it was built on sand, you know? It, it was all going to fall because it wasn't real. Yeah. So, like, titration, that's one of the big things that that is a process that you can use to feel your emotions. And which one was titration? Okay, Remind me of that. I don't even know if, if we Should got into it? it last time, but titration is where you feel small amounts of distress and then you pendulate or oscillate back into a safe, calm feeling. Okay. So you're, you're pendulating between, I think we got into pendulation, pendulating between two different places so if I'm grounded my nervous system is regulated and I have all of my resources and tools I'm safe right now Mm -hmm. I know that I can tiptoe over here and start dipping my toe in what is lurking behind me I'm feeling coming up these big emotions that I tucked down from 20 years ago and and actually and what happened with me is I knew those things were there that I was ignoring. Like I knew events had happened that I completely shut up and put in the closet and never, ever went back to. So I knew they were lurking there, but I didn't know that, where are they? They weren't coming up, you know, and I was doing all the things to numb them out. Well, when I started being regulated, when I started processing my emotions that came up in the present moment, my system knew I was safe and it's all oh, okay she has the tools to handle this now then those things from the past started coming up and little things it might be um, and I'll just use a small one it could be where uh, someone disrespected me mm-hmm. or, or something in a relationship and it'll just pop into my head and be like wait a minute him saying that to me 
that was wrong. And that really hurt my feelings. And that made me feel this way. I didn't say anything back then. And I wore another mask and I got through it however I got through it. But this really affected me. And so that coming up now, my system knows I can feel the hurt of it now. Mm -hmm. And so that, that will come into my mind. So little things will pop in now that I'm safe. And then also the big ones, they start coming up too. And now I know, okay, and with titration, I can... Okay, I'm safe. I've got my weighted blanket on. I've got my dog right beside me. I've got everything around me that makes me feel safe and good. I can feel this now. Okay. I can, I can, I can dip into this and feel the pain of what happened back then and really feel it. And some, like you just said, that, that doesn't mean that I'm screaming and crying and I, I might be in a ball and I'm hugged up under my blanket, but I'm feeling it in my body. Yeah. I am feeling it in my chest. I am feeling it in my stomach. At times, I would even shake. I would literally be trembling. Yeah. And that's how trauma comes out, too. If anyone is shaking like that, that is a way that, that trauma comes up. Yeah. And so, and that's how your body releases it, just like animals. You know, you, that's a stress response being completed. The shaking, it's coming out. So, just like you said, us feeling it is going to be in, in different ways for us at different times. It may be screaming and crying. It may be that you need to hit a pillow and get your anger out. I mean, it's all these different things, but it's also like I was, I was in a ball with my blanket and my dog and I was feeling it there. And, and, and I, actually, I remember there was one specific event that it took a whole weekend I kind of took where I was by myself and I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm by myself. I can do this. I'm, I've got the tools and I kind of dedicated that time and just let it come as it come as it came. And then I would come back to, I'm going to go watch a show. I'm going to go walking. Break, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would. I kept my regulating resource where I was going in nature. I mean, I had it all stacked up. So I was always coming back to safety. And that's the thing with titration is, oh, look, I'm safe. That did not overwhelm me. I'm not in the ocean on a sailboat by myself, the, the ocean controlling me. No, no, no. I'm safe. I'm driving my boat and and I'm in charge. I can go <laughs> back and forth. Driving my boat <laughs> <laughs> or my raft. I know how to swim now. <laughs> but I mean, you had and and your system knows that. You know, that's where those things started coming up, and that's why I was like, that's so weird. They're coming up. No, it's not. It's because I actually had the ability to process it. You know, before I really didn't. I didn't. I didn't know how to deal with it. And it's really us taking control of like the lizard part of our brain, the amygdala kind of part of our brain that hijacks it. Would you say that's I would why say people that feel it so scary to feel their feelings? I would say that because they feel out of control. Thinking about it like this, if you're talking about regulating your nervous system mm. in those states, which we're talking about the different parts of the brain, if you're in survival mode, then you're right. You're down here, and until you're safe, you can't think straight. You're only in that part of the brain. You can't consciously say, I'm going to go step up to the, you know, prefrontal cortex up here and <laughs> make some different choices because I don't like it down here in the reptilian, in the limbic system. It doesn't work that way. You can't consciously choose to do it. You have to, your body has to. Your body has to do it. Your body has to do it. That's why it's show, not tell the body that it is safe. The body has to act. You can't trick the system. You know, you can have all the money in the world. You can live in the safest place that you can be. You can have the best husband or wife, and they're never going to leave you. They're safe. But if you don't feel safe because you can't process emotions, because you can't regulate your nervous system, your body knows you're not. So all of it's going to not be safe. Yeah. You're not being your authentic self. You're still 
performing and wearing your mask, so it's not real. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and even even with me having all the tools, like if I I still know I'm gonna dip back into. You know what I mean? I'm gonna and I'll say, oh, you know, now I know I'm like, oh, look at me, trying to be pretty again. You know, I'm gonna sh I'm trying to this other thing that I knew how to do well. If I'm gonna show up like. I don't, I don't, and yeah, then I, you know, I then I can go back too. to. I'm like, oh, Ellen's trying to do two-a-days. Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, yeah. And that's when you know, hey, I need to pay more attention to myself because I'm slipping back into those old coping mechanisms and going, what am I trying to avoid? What am I trying to numb yeah. here? There's something coming up that I'm trying to avoid, and that's why I was going back to being pretty instead of being myself. You know, yeah, and so that's a good way to tune in and go, hey, hey, what's going on here? And that could be like with me, I know it was, and, and see if this rings true to you. Something good can also put you in that place when I'm stepping forward in my career and doing different things and playing a bigger role than I have before. That is a very scary thing. My nervous system is used, used to functioning down here mm -hmm. and doing these things that I do this certain way. And, well, I've made it safe over here. I'm feeling really good over here, yeah. <laughs> but now I'm going to have to be seen and heard in a different way. My brokenness, I'm going to show that now. And I, that's being vulnerable yeah. in a yeah. way that I haven't before. That's scary because I've been wearing my yeah. mask for 48 years, yeah. you know, so that can also be like, oh, okay, I see why I was trying to be pretty, you know, I was trying to balance out. Well, that makes a whole lot more sense. So I'm also task-oriented, goal-driven, I'm performer. So that's how I coped, per love for Absolutely. performance and for validation. So I tend to do a lot of things. A uh, lot. And <laughs> <laughs> Milo straight up here convicting so much. me. <laughs> so much. So many things. I remember <laughs> this was very convicting too. When somebody asked me, hey, are you going to do another Iron Man this year? And I'm like, no. Because uh, I did. Because so th this is the bullshit that I, I actually did. thought is, about that when yeah, I was writing right, this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went through a separation and divorce and did an Iron Man all at the same time. Perfect. Run a business, mom of two kids, toddler and a teenager. And, and look how Iron healthy Man. you're handling it with your mask of working out yeah and you got to wear then, that mask and i got Look. validation for it too absolutely and so i was rewarded so i got the dopamine hit i got that totally. brain chemical that's right people saying how awesome i was that i did it now it, i would say like on it was a coping mechanism so i needed it during that time you most definitely needed like it. like i needed it then somebody asked me so are you gonna do another iron man this year and i went i don't really need no. that <laughs> <laughs> and my studio manager beth goes oh thank god and i looked up Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, but you did need it. Then you needed it to work off that stress that way. Yeah, well, but yeah. then we don't also realize what our coping mechanisms do to other people in our lives. Oh, we're numbed you know, out. I didn't know what our, my drinking was doing. And right. I didn't know what, you know, my exercise was doing to relationships and to, and to myself. Um, but then the, on the flip side of the uncomfortableness, the distress, you know, right. of feeling some of these things is the great thing is now that you can actually feel right authentic happiness and authentic joy and authentic connections in relationships especially ones where and that's the thing is like i wish more people were doing this because well me too right <laughs> plug number four for milo series we have a way that you can <laughs> but it it just allows people then to 
have that balance of the masculine and feminine energies when we are allowing ourselves to feel both because I think a lot of times that's what's the problem in society is that we've assigned gender to energy roles to ro- yeah. yeah to energy and, and a role is a mask you know that's right it's a, let's fit in this box yeah fit in this role fit in this label and then I can consciously because I've studied psychology and sociology then I know what role you play in my life right is when you fit in a box, I fit in a box, then we all understand how the pieces of the puzzle fit and together. And don't come out of your box. Don't come out of your box. Yeah. Because then it's going to mess up my box. Right. <laughs> right. It does. <laughs> it really messes. And it's also, too, with all of that, it's also, and, and our three basic needs are safety, connection, authenticity. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those three needs have to be met. First safety, then connection, and then authenticity. And so if we can't be our full selves... If we are out there wearing our masks and performing for the way that we've received love in the world, we're not being authentic. Mm-hmm. So and we're not going to be safe in a relationship. Well, and we're not going to really be happy because it's not our real selves. Right. We're playing the part. Mm-hmm. We're just playing the part. And that's why we can't fully feel it. And that's why when you start feeling things, or even like now, I know what you mean. Like before when I was go, 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 and I was numbing, I didn't feel the little in-between times where it might be, uh, I'm getting ready to go to work, but I'm with my dog or I'm with my son, that all of a sudden I realized, I'm, I'm just happy. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sincerely, I feel joy in my heart. I didn't feel any of those things before because I was numb to it. I wasn't feeling anything. And truthfully, the only thing I could really feel were the big, and that kept me in abusive relationships, toxic relationships those chemicals that were really big I would feel big things and that let me know I was alive so if there was something toxic and there was this big you know pull and push dynamic I could feel those things but I couldn't feel any of the real things Mm. so when you get to real and you're being your authentic self then these small things it makes such a big difference. Right. And there that's life then. Then you're actually living a, a real life of, wait, I didn't even have to do all of those things that I was doing. I was in these dynamics that were so, you know, bad for me, but those were the chemicals that my body was used yeah. to. That's the way that I was functioning, and your brain gets stuck in those ruts. Our neural, and that's the, our neural pathways to keep us safe. They like to stay in routine. They like to stay with what they know. They don't like to step out of it. Right. And so if it's abusive relationships or toxic relationships or overworking out, whatever it is, your body wants to keep you there in that rut. Right. And so our job is to slowly develop and neural new pathways yeah. are just basically neurons that have connected in your brain to make a roadmap. Make a, a roadmap yeah. so that you when you learn a skill, you know how to repeat that skill. Which is on autopilot. Auto, yeah, and so that which is good for you know when we're lifting heavy weights, and so our you know our body, our muscles, you know our brain all get learns. Or even us teaching our classes, teaching classes. You know, we've got whatever our routine is that we're doing every day. Our job, salutations, and our freaking yes. You know, I don't even know what I'm saying, and I'm saying yeah, yeah. 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 But that can also be a disservice because then we do turn on autopilot if we don't practice creating new neural pathways, whether it be like physical tasks or. In my, in my opinion, I don't know that there's there's got to be science to back this up. But as we get older, if we don't practice seeing new um, perspectives um, oh, or learning about new things, then our brains become stuck in this absolutely. way of thinking that there's no other way. It has no. to be this way. And Very that's, black that's tra- and white. And that's trauma thinking. It. Black yeah. and white thinking is trauma thinking. That and means you can see it in older people. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. That's why it is imperative that we do things to build those new neural pathways a different way, slowly building, oh, wait, I can do this and I'm safe. Right, because then what is the detriment? What is the, What are the consequences of staying in that numbed out state? Because you and I had this conversation about me as an endurance athlete, speaking of Ironmans. Um, and that it's not appropriate for me to process feelings right, while right, I'm right. in the middle of a tri- of, a, of an Ironman or a triathlon. Um, but I, th- I feel like there's this messaging that we get told all the time to suck it up, stuff it, you know, put your mask on and, and keep, not feel, and keep, not feel, and keep moving because it moves society and capitalism. <laughs> that's Absolutely, a, that's another podcast. Well, it does, but, it, yeah. but it moves that that needle and that that. Uh, structure absolutely down the road and that's you know otherwise if you start to feel and start to realize that what i'm doing is not uh fulfilling right i might step outside my box right right so what but what is the maybe physical and mental or emotional consequence of staying in that state i mean and i think we i don't know if we talked about it or not but um I mean, it's, you're going to stay stuck. You're going to stay stuck in your career. You're going to stay stuck in your relationships, your capacity. You're not feeling your full capacity. But, I mean, also it shows up in autoimmune disease, mm. rashes. I mean, not processing your emo- – and I, I posted a lot on this this past week. Um, the health detriments or the, – Yeah, the detriments of not feeling your emotions, how it shows up in your body. I mean, and it shows up in you're going to have an outburst. You can only take so much, and then that underneath thing that you're trying not to feel is going to erupt, and you're going to scream at somebody or have some outburst in, in some way because it, it does have to come out or at some, some point. some medical issue, potentially. Tons of medical issues. You know, it, it could be rashes. It could be constipation. It can be <laughs> – well, it can. It can, it. it can be – I mean, and it does t- end up turning into, like, autoimmune disease. And all of these things that we're stuffing away, it's going to come out in your body. It could be any chronic illness. I mean, aches and pains, tension in your neck, lump in your throat. You know, sometimes if I was holding a lot of emotions in, I would tear up or get a lump in my throat. And I think, why am I, do I feel like I'm going to cry? It's because they were all there and and I wasn't letting them out. They have to be released. Mm -hmm. They have to be felt and they have to be released. And, And the main thing to me above all of that was feeling stuck I mean if you're stuck in your I mean if you're stuck in your relationships if you're stuck and that means girl friendships I mean you know our Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. our friendships our relationships even with our children yeah platonic friendships I couldn't think of that word well and I think that's part of I mean part of the reason why I wanted to change my relationships was I wanted a different relationship with my children me too than I had with my parents and I was disassociating so much that I mean, I'd see all these people like posting a, a Mother's Day about like how their mom was their best friend or how much they loved their children. And I was I was disassociating so much when I was with my children. I was having a hard time feeling the joy of having children. Well, and like I was. And this that's is really what, hard for me to admit that as a mother. Well, I'll admit some stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I loved my children. Like we, we are literally like chemically bonded to our children absolutely so i loved my children but i'm like why am i having why don't i feel what those people feel yes that's what it was and if you if you're not processing your emotions and if you do have unresolved trauma realize you've built walls around yourself so you're not feeling the full capacity of anything i wasn't present so 
when things were going on, I was so disassociated that I was going through the motions of cooking breakfast Mm -hmm. or driving them to school. But I might, I might not even remember how I got to and from school. Or I would just I would end just up in the became, driveway. I just became annoyed. Like, this, I have to do We're late, so much. Or, yeah, yeah. You know. I know that annoyed feeling, too. It's And that can be just, that's the neural pathways that your body was used to. I grew up like that where it was always like, well, now we're going to be late. Yeah. There's five of us kids. And so that was always around. And I notice now I'm having that feeling because we have to go somewhere. So my nervous system yeah. is going to go into the annoyed, hurry up. I hate, and it was, it felt like, now that I've really been working on it and processing, it felt like, it felt like hatred. It Mm. felt like self-hatred in my body. I was mad. I was having to do what I was doing. I was, and and that was towards myself. Yeah, because then I felt like a failure as a mom. Because it's going to come back to the shame of, I don't feel normal or like, everyone else but that not being present and just like I could go through the motions of taking the picture for Mother's Day but I wasn't feeling anything I wasn't they could ask me questions and we could have a conversation I would give them an answer but I didn't I didn't feel it yeah and I would say one of my one of the regulating resources that I'm making myself do is to slow down right I don't know which category that that <laughs> falls into <laughs> but the purposeful not I, rushing I, yeah it, well, it's the, you knowing your system just like I did now I know I'm gonna pre-plan I'm not gonna get in that rush I'm gonna slow it down so I can be calm yeah you're changing the old system which was in, in the fast motion and now you're putting in a new one by slowing down. This is a new way well, I of feeling. I call field. it leisure is not lazy. So having right. purposeful leisure time. I still exercise. I, I don't do quite as much as I've done before. And it, it's hard. It's so hard. I, I've gained a little weight. Me and too. Same. I, but you, and, and this is as a personal trainer and a nutrition coach, that's hard for me because I've had people comment on my body a lot. All, all the time. I, you know, gained weight and I had somebody, um, this was a long time ago, I was doing a marathon and my macros weren't right. So I was eating a lot of carbs. So I just got, I gained some weight during a marathon and that happens. Uh, and they told me, well, you must not be taking care of yourself. And that really <laughs> stuck with me. And then I knew the person, like, I knew that wasn't their intention, like, super, super nice person. Of course not. Yeah. Uh, but then when I got down to a really unhealthy weight doing this Ironman, uh, going through all this stuff that I That's was going a, through. This, this is a good topic, too, well, on its own. God, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I did one, uh, actually, with uh, uh, eating disorders and exercise disorders with yeah. um, Emily Blackwell. And that's on my link in my link in, link in bio. <laughs> Like number one for like, uh, but I got down really, really skinny, and I had you know people were commenting on my body how great it looks. I know, and you feel the rewards. Exactly, we get the rewards. Like they didn't mean it, and I understand that. So it was like no resentment towards that person. But when we make comments on people's bodies like that, we don't know what's going on internally. Right. Um. But ultimately, like, so I'm having myself purposely slow down sleep in when I can sleep in, like sit my ass down on the back patio. And, and it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not easy. But what it's enabled me to do is when the toddler gets up super early, I'm already up probably. And you don't have that in I'm your system. That. The so other thing. Not, yeah. I'm, I'm regulating my system. So now I can feel that authentic joy of him as a little person and you know what it might not as long as it's authentic it doesn't even necessarily have to be joy but here's what you'll begin to notice is that if I get mad at at, at one of my kids authentically mad in the moment and I let it out you notice you're over it like that 
Yeah. I'm not tucking them away anymore when they come up. I feel it, and then I can quickly be, hey, that really makes me angry, and I'm going to need a second to deal with that, but here's this. You know, I can give them what they need in that moment. I can still get back to center really quick instead of tucking it away and then staying aggravated, annoyed, passive-aggressive, all of those things that come up that are harmful. Right, and it's probably less frequent as well. Which Absolutely is. is. A benefit to relationships, regardless whether it's platonic friendships, uh, relationships with your children, or a romantic relationship that benefits your relationships because connection ultimately is a fundamental, fundamental. It is a biological need, need among humans. Yes. And I, mean, I think we all realized that during COVID when we became yeah. so isolated. But right. I think we also realized when we we're so isolated that we didn't have it right. with maybe the person we were with. A lot of people mm-hmm. realize that. I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's the truth, though. In all of my, it was actually COVID that made me. Still good people. They're still really good Every, people. But. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But it that also made me, re, I reexamined all of my relationships and even platonic mm-hmm. friendships I had yes. that were not serving me. I I then had to take a real look at it and go, what am I doing here? And, and readjust, you know, who am I aligned with? Who, yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've had friendships like you and I that have right. come forth during exactly. the last couple of years that have become so important to me that we do a give and take. I mean, you've helped me tremendously that I was like, oh, this is what a true friendship is like or an authentic friendship is like. Yes. And, and like, and I'll say with you, like, I know my nervous system feels safe. I can show up with all of my flaws mm-hmm. and be my full self as petty as I want to be and as as in, <laughs> as enlightened as I want to be. And both those sides are met and I'm not mm-hmm. judged. Right. Just like I should be giving that to myself. I, now I'm having this sources like you that you're not judging me. You're letting me be my full self here and there. And we'll laugh about the these parts and then we'll celebrate <laughs> those other ones. Other ones. <laughs> exactly. But it does take all of them, yeah. you know, and now I don't have to wear my mask anymore. And, they don't, and it doesn't have to be as scary then. When you start these yeah. practices of finding the regulating resources that work for you, because maybe not all of them will work for you. Most definitely. We were actually just having a conversation with a lady who's like, I hate sound baths. They make me feel terrible. Oh, and yeah. I love them. So, so some yeah, of these yeah. regulating resources are going to re- you know, work better for some and people than And it's you other. finding, yeah, it's exactly. And it's you yeah. finding what works and for you. It doesn't have to be something that you do two hours every day. <laughs> I would never do it for two hours. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Well, it, if you're walking. So it doesn't have to, yeah, right, if you're going on a hike. <laughs> like we do a lot of time, go get yeah. lost. Uh, but uh, they can be uh, things that can be very practical, um, very easy to practice. And then that way, feeling your feelings as a practice isn't mm-hmm. as scary. Because I think that's what... I know for me, it was scary to feel those because it brought up lies and stories that I told myself about exactly. me. And, yeah. and, that sh- and, and the truth is, that can change your whole perception and how things were for you in the world. The boxes that you put them in, this is no longer valid. This no longer rings true. So my complete view of the universe and how it functions is no longer valid. Now, now what do I? Yeah. Now what do I think? Because we have to make meaning of everything. Now we've got to have a new one. I could be all wrong. I could be all wrong, you know? I wish more people had that mindset of everything that I know could be all wrong. It could definitely and be all wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's okay. Here's the, here's the truth. Like, we were talking about this earlier, and 
we haven't, I don't think we've gotten into this on this, but the truth is when you aren't regulated and when you are walled up and you're not feeling your emotions, none of it is true. Mm-hmm. You're wearing your mask and you're building your house on sand and it is going to fall. It's not fulfilling. You're not meeting of your any of your real needs. Yep. You're only meeting how you've known worth or value in the world, wearing your mask and performing and tap dancing for it. And at some point, it's going to fall down. And the older you get, you just wait. It's going to hit you in the different ways that it does. Whatever, However that shows up in your life, it's going to hit. Well, and I hate that we coined the phrase midlife crisis. Because but it often happens when you get a bit older. Because it does. You, you start you go, to see things a yeah. little bit. Because we get pushed into this path, you know, of it needs to be this way and this is how life looks when you're successful. We're, you know, maybe society sends us this, these messages or parents send us this message or we've taken messages and made that our truth. Right. Um, but we get at a certain point where we're like, this isn't, but I don't feel fulfilled. And this doesn't feel right to me. This is what everybody so said what? do. Right. Yeah. And, and so now what? Treat it lightly like it's a, oh, it's just a midlife crisis when it's we should not be treating that lightly. very seriously yeah. and be like, no, it's a, I love the term midlife awakening or a midlife unraveling. Right. Where, where life shakes you and says, hey, you've got a limited time here. Is mm-hmm. this how you want to spend it? Yeah. Is this happiness to you? Because it's not. And is this how I'm going to spend the rest of my days? The limited amount? I mean, I woke up and I'm 48. In the blink of an eye, do I want to spend, which I've already lived more than the majority of my life, do I want to spend those years that are coming next like I did these? Right. No. No. And, and that does wake you up and shake you up to go, hey. And that doesn't mean that you have to, like, hit the self-destruct button and completely explode your life. Well, no, I think you that's can... exactly what we don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do have people that understand the things that we're talking about or who, you know, are your safe co-regulators in and those you, relationships. And, and the truth is allow you, you to have that experience. But but you might not. There was a time, I mean, before you and I were close, where I did not have that. Mm-hmm. I did not have that in my life. I did not have that around me in any way. So I was by myself, and then I w- it would be with a therapist uh, in different groups that I would be in that were, you know, working on things like this that I would be able to start to be my real self mm-hmm. and start to, to function in that way. But in that, the reason I said that is because if that is the case for you and you are by yourself, don't feel, there were times where I felt so hopeless, like I don't have anyone, mm-hmm. you know, it's just me and my dog and I don't have anyone else, but no, you can start to reach out in different ways. And, and we'll get into that too. It might be, you know, your yoga classes and you start meeting new people in your yoga community that's how it was for me anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's how I started meeting the people that are in my life there now. There are people out there. Yes, there are, are people out there, and then you're just going to do new journey. things to meet yeah. those people that are aligned with you. It's putting yourself in that place. So I just didn't want anyone to be hopeless because there was a time when I was hopeless when they would say, well, find your person or your – and I didn't have one. I did not have one. Well, and that's what, like, we've been told is the end-all, be-all. It's either I know. find your person. Mm-hmm. And it's, but there's – find your people. Find it doesn't people. have to be one person in this defined romantic relationship. Right. You have people in different roles and play different parts of your life. And that connection, that need. Yes. It doesn't have to be this male-female relationship or this partner relationship. You can be intimate with your friends. You can be. You can meet that connection need and get love and all of the things 
from your friend, validation, whatever mm-hmm. it is, being seen and heard, yes. being your full self. Especially when you find those people that are on the same path. Right, right. Yeah. And, and all of it works. It really, I mean, think about it, it does work together. Yeah. Well, yeah, so as, as we plugged along the way, <laughs> the reason why uh, we've done these podcasts um, is because of all the work that Milo has done and, 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 and her support of me. I said, we really need to do this as a series. Yeah. Like, there's, we know that there are people out there going through this that need um, some guidance and some resources so that they can get through whatever they're, they're going through or have gone through. Right. Or perhaps you're just curious about it. It doesn't have to be anything that you've experienced. It doesn't have to be big T trauma. It can be little T trauma. It can be just, hey, I'm curious about this. Or it might be I'm you just feel stuck or you just growth. feel, yeah. yeah. It, that, anything. I'd like that, to try this out. Yeah. I told her, I said, you know, let's put together a series. And she has. Um, so that series information is going to be on our website um, coming forth very, very soon, yogastory.info. She's going to be doing an eight-week series mm-hmm. that you can do the entire eight weeks or and which would be best if you can do yeah. all eight weeks um, or you can do portions of it if you can't right. commit to all eight weeks um, and hope to repeat this so that if maybe you only are able to do four weeks you could do the other four right. weeks or whatever right. um, one-on-ones with Milo she's um, definitely open for privates uh, but this is uh, you know an important part of of healing and of growth and of just having that authentic connection to yourself and to others that we're so wired for right and meeting your real needs and that's and we'll do we'll do another podcast yeah why not on on what the program we can just sit and talk to each other (laughs) we do we'll do it yeah we'll do another one on the actual program and and how she's got it broken up um, yeah and what she'll be covering and what you'll you'll gain from it yeah so Cool. All right. Thank you. So, and so uh, I'll put it in the show notes, but you can fi- find her on Instagram. And I misspelled your name last time. <laughs> um, I didn't notice. Milo Isadora <laughs> on Instagram. M-I-L-O-I-S-A-A-D-O-R-A. I think I gave you two O's. Milo Isadora. And I'm Lynn Hill Fitness. And, of course, Yoga Story NWA, yogastory.info. Um, is where we practically live so (laughs) uh, definitely join us for the next podcast which will be coming out in a couple of weeks and this one will be out this week and thank you so much Carolyn so glad to be here